Dr. Homebrew is brought to you by Five Star Chemicals, providing safety and cleaning supplies for brewing, distilling, and winemaking at fivestarchemicals.com. Dr. Look. Stand aside, nurse. I'm Dr. Homebrew. You know, having an air jam session uh, in the uh, in the studio here. Um, yep. I don't know what instrument Bev's playing, but uh, rhythm and goth. <laughs> rhythm and goth. <laughs> I'm on the uh, heavy depression. Uh, we have a good show for you guys. We have uh, two home brewers. We have two home brewed beers, and no regrets. And uh, yeah. no, we have an international amber lager. What is an international amber lager? That's one you don't get every lager? time. It's kind of like lighter than a Vienna, but it's uh, you know kind of a place for some of those um, adjunct laden, you know, uh, ambery lagery things that lurk around there. <laughs> some yeah. of them in Mexico, some of them in Europe, but yeah, okay, and America too. And then uh, we have a saison, yes, as well. And uh, I'm ready for both of these. Saison has a nice label too. It does this big old fat cat with a big old pooch pouch? Yeah. It's got the pudge, like three layers of pudge. Yeah, three layers of pudge. Did you look at that? It's actually there's a face in the pooch pouch. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, before we get to our first guest, who is called Vaughn, I believe. Uh, I want to thank Five Star. Go to fivestarchemicals.com, and they bring you this show. They bring you every show. Uh, they were uh, a sponsor of our show here before it was even really uh, recorded or on the air, which is kind of cool. True. So uh, they believe in what we're doing because uh, what we're doing is we're bringing the word of good beer to you people, and uh, that's what they help you with. They help you clean and sanitize your stuff by selling you really good chemicals. So check them out, fivestarchemicals.com. I'm out of PBW. Dude, never run out of PBW. Wow. Sucks. Homebrewer 101, dude. Never run out of PBW. You can run out of the other stuff, but uh, PBW, never going to happen. Uh, with us, of course, is Nicole Ernie today. Hi. We are we are dual brian list. We are back to one Brian. <laughs> this will be easier. I feel much yeah. more comfortable with just one Brian. Uh, me too. Me too. Because, two Brians is too many. Well, it's, and then on the last show, we had two Brians, and then we had a Brian entrant. Uh, yeah. Uh, entrant, yeah, yeah. Homebirds. We had uh-huh. three Brians. Do you still have nightmares? <laughs> um, I uh, Yeah, I have to be shaken awake. Uh, every night by my therapist, which is weird. <laughs> what the smoke doesn't wake you up from the wildfires? <laughs> Jeez, oh, no, no, we're not not that bad, not yet. But um. coming to you from a blanket of wildfire smoke is Doctor Homer. Yeah, like man. gas mask on the way to the studio. Yeah, driving uh, across the the hill. I guess I have it a little bit better, but uh, it was I was like sneezing in the car. I was like, "What is this?" So you go out and get a headache right away. It's just yep. nasty. Yeah, yeah, it's it's not good. So let's uh, let's try to. Tidy this up and show up real fast and get out of here as soon as possible. Uh, all right, Vaughn, you should be on the line. Are you there? I am. How are you doing? Good. How are you doing? Good, man. Perfect, perfect. Well, uh, thanks for sending us. Uh, we have a couple beers, so we'll be talking to you in the future at some point in the near future. Uh, but we're going to do the International Amber Lager tonight. So uh, while we get that beer poured into our glasses, if you wouldn't mind, give me a little rundown of uh, your history with this beer. Have you, have you brewed it before, or is this a brand new res- recipe? Well, this is the second time I've brewed this beer. Okay. And uh, just kind of get it, trying to get it dialed in a little better. Okay, all right. So you weren't super stoked with the first one, and uh, you're sending this one into the uh, steamed panel on Dr. Homebrew to help you out. Definitely. <laughs> sure. Whatever you say, Jason, it's fine. It's all right. And how long have you been uh, homebrewing? 
About seven years. All right. I don't know why. I I really like asking that. I don't know why. Does it <laughs> does it give everybody a sense of like knowledge? Or I guess knowledge really isn't a thing anymore. But I mean, like you know, how, how long have you been homebrewing, and how often do you homebrew? Mm, that might be a better. You know, it's all about density. You know. Yeah. Did you call me fat uh, in some way? I, I, yeah. I mostly do five-gallon batches, so um, typically I do about 100 gallons a year, so mm-hmm. 20, 20 times or so a year, I guess. I do 199.8 gallons a year, just under the <laughs> threshold, right. but, uh, you know, <clears throat> not really. Uh, Nicole, if you wouldn't mind, please, would you start us off? Steer us out to Well, Bond's I was beer, noticing please. that you've increased your density since you went down. <laughs> wow. Awesome. Oh, yeah. wait, oh, Oh, I thought we were my pants. Sorry. Yeah. And don't let it color your impression of the beer, but I, I understand that this beer is called Glory Hole. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Uh, I've noticed your thighs have gotten denser with homebrew, JP, and it's uh <laughs> Anyway, go ahead, uh, uh, please. All right. So um, I got uh, some kind of peanut buttery, then peach marmalade, peanut brittle kind of aroma. I was guessing maybe some Munich malt was contributing to the, those aromas. I got some floral aroma, and then it was kind of followed by a musty, mushroomy, kind of earthy note, and maybe perhaps a little touch of trichloride. Trichlorosanisol. Um, what's trichlorosanisol? So that's like uh, what's like typically Star referred Sand? to as oh. uh, uh, cork taint. Ah, okay. Like. Um, then okay. I got a rich toastiness, which I thought might be a little overstated for the style. Uh, and then as the beer warmed up, I started to get a little bit of like a butterscotchy note, which I think might be kind of a faint dicetal. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, the color. Uh, it was kind of a burnished orange gold color. Uh, I can't stand myself sometimes. With an <laughs> ecru head, uh, it formed and retained moderately. It was nearly brilliantly clear. Uh, then once I got the beer in my mouth, uh, the mustiness became a little bit more apparent in the retro nasal aroma. Uh, so definitely uh, like a mushroomy, wet basement um, that might be TCA. Uh, it's pretty low, so I couldn't be 100% on identifying that. Um, it reminded me of a level of that kind of earthiness that might be acceptable in a beer to guard, um, but wouldn't be in an international amber lager. Uh, there's a nice kind of light toasted sweet baguette, kind of like French, you know, toasted French bread malt flavor, which I thought was really pleasant. While it smelled a little bit overstated in the aroma and the, and the flavor, like that malt toastiness seemed uh, within appropriate range. Uh, medium light bitterness that was super pleasant. It was perfect. No harshness there. Um, and then the body, medium light body with a medium carbonation, which was also really pleasant. No alcohol warmth, no astringency. And I thought it was a really well-made beer that has a mustiness that might come from contaminated fer- fermentation or maybe some affected raw ingredients. So sometimes this can happen to your grains. Uh, it can also come into a beer during storage. So if you have um, uh, this, and if you're you know wherever you're storing your beer has that aroma, it's going to make its way into beer because it can actually get under the cap. Oh wow, that's uh, crazy! Yeah, uh, yeah. So this is kind of my notes. What'd you get? What'd you, uh, what score did you give? Uh, 27. All right. Brian. Okay. The, um, the glory hole. Here we go. Uh, I like that. that we lost that thing. peanut buttery thing. Vaughn just hung up. Oh. He's like, <laughs> sorry guys. He's like, I don't like you guys. It's like, you know what? You guys can. Uh, <laughs> let's get him back. Yeah. Well, what is going on? All right. Uh, uh yeah. yes. Go ahead. Vaughn, okay. was it something I said? Uh, hello? Fine. Hey, dude. Hey. Sorry about that. Did Nicole drive you away? <laughs> yeah, was this no. Uh, she drove you away like a good rolling boil. <laughs> a little connection no, no. trouble there. Uh, anyway, Brian, go ahead, please. Okay. Yeah, I'm getting kind of a, a low in the nose, a low Munich-y, kind of lightly toasty malt aroma. Um, no obvious esters in there. Uh, it seemed, you know, pretty nicely lagered. A, a light... Well, I got what I got is maybe kind of a light marshmallow note in the background. I don't know if it was similar, anything related to what Nicole was getting there, or like kind of a toasted marshmallow note. Um, seems slightly sweet, a little low spicy hop, 
um, but but pretty pretty faint. Um, yeah, it just seemed like clean lager. No, I didn't get any any DMS. As it warmed, you know, I thought there might have been a faint uh, butterscotchy, but I didn't get a big diastole. It's not like a butter bomb or anything like that. No, not at all. Yeah, um, it's a nice coppery orangish color. Um, the medium formed ha- head of tan bubbles uh, had reasonably good retention. Uh, I think the glassware we use here just you know everything kind of falls flat, so it stuck around for a while, and that was good. Um, fine bubbles. The clarity was very good. I, I thought it's just it's kind of a nice looking beer. Um, I gave it actually full points for appearance because nothing wrong there. Me too. Medium toasty malt in the flavor. Uh, It's smooth. It's not too sharp or biting. Kind of pleasant. Uh, Finishes uh, semi-dry. Again, seems cleanly lagered. The bitterness is medium-low. It's enough to balance the malt. Stands up to it nicely. Um, There's some light toast. And again, that faint marshmallow in the aftertaste. Um, you know, it seemed like a clean brewed with no no major flaws to me, but I got a, a little bit of a, a faint solvent uh, that came out late and kind of built up on me as I got into the mouthfeel. So uh, one thing that I noted, too, is it doesn't seem like there's a lot of, um, you know, a lot in these a lot of these you'll use a corn adjunct and you'll you'll sense that it's, you know, it's kind of just refreshing and, and um, uh, you know, a lot of you, you can feel the adjunct in there just kind of like dries out a little more without being biting and just kind of smooth like mm-hmm. like mass-produced lagers are you know but um it didn't have a lot of that kind of it seemed like it might have been kind of low on the adjunct and it's kind of bold for the for the style perhaps mm. and and toasty like mm. like Nicole said so yeah um medium light bodied has a medium high carbonation and i found a bit of a carbonic bite in there it's just a little a little bit of an attack as you as you drink it. Um, hmm. No stringency though, uh, not very creamy, but yet it's fairly smooth. Uh, I feel like I got a little bit of warming in there, so not super hot, but it's a little bit of an alcohol bite in there that kind of poked out unexpectedly. I guess these can go up to about six percent, but it's um, either towards the high end of that or the alcohol that's in there is a little a little sharp. Um, but yeah, I'm trying to get at the the the. Uh, the cork taint thing, I might need to do some training on that because I'm just not, as I'm, you know, kind of aspirating it and I'm kind of getting that kind of, I don't, maybe it's just expressing itself as in a different way to me, like a marshmallowy thing, but I, I could see a little mustiness, not like super intense to me, just really faint. If it's, um, you know, it's not like, yeah, this is a big, you know, yeah. I mean, if I'm looking for it and as you guys are talking about it, I can, I can sort of get it, I guess, but then I don't know, I don't trust it enough for me to go now, I can pick it up. So like when I you know asp- what I mean? Yeah, I draw a little um, bit into my mouth, and then I pull some air through it to aspirate it, and it just then I kind of get a little bit in the back of in the back of my mouth, and just like in the aroma going back into my hmm. na- nasal uh, cavity there. So yeah, I think I got some up my nose ah, when I did that. That's what it is. Then I, yeah, I need to work on, <laughs> on identifying that better because um, yeah. Anyway, it seems like a very hmm. well brewed uh, example of style, other than. It's just a bit too bold. Uh, there's some fine points, you know, other than that to detract from it. Perhaps a little mustiness. Um, and, the, you know, I think that the carbonation, though, drives the flavors pretty well without too much bite. Um, there's a faint solvent that could be addressed. And uh, I would just say, you know, use a little bit more adjunct to kind of lighten up the body and the overall flavors. Uh, it seems like a nice job to me. It's, you, you can... Um, clean up these couple of things and it'll be a pretty nice beer um i gave it a 34 i actually liked it fairly well it was pretty you know it was a it was a very good example of the style oh excellent i would give it a 32 because I, I i kind of agree with both of you guys that maybe some of the the specialty malt flavors are a little bit aggressive for the style but it's also kind of enjoyable at the same time for but maybe it is, it's yeah. a little too sweet for the so it, it's just it, yeah um, Vaughn, do you have any questions for uh, for the judges here today? You want to drill down on something? Uh, I guess one thing I I noticed was I I entered a well I entered a competition on the East Coast and then I entered one in California um, last weekend with this the same beer and um, they scored on the East Coast it was like a thirty nine hmm. the California comp was a, a thirty. Um, I, I haven't got their score sheets back yet. They've had issues with their with their loading of the PDF version um, of the score sheet. But, uh, just, Coast, just wondering, do you think do you think this style beer would be 
adversely affected in in the travel or how, how do you think that would fare adversely affected by the california judges they're just notoriously stingy in their scoring no <laughs> uh, no no and most of the judges i know out here are very good and we we train them well we work hard to to get them uh schooled in the art here but yeah oh i think that that travel does definitely not do the beer any favors the longer it sits on a ups truck you know it's gonna yeah, anything, I mean, if you, yeah. Anything that's wrong with your beer before you send it, it's going to get amplified. You know. Yeah. It's gotcha. kind of it's kind of like uh, plugging in the amp. You know, it's gonna it's gonna change the change the character of the beer and make it make it louder. Unless you send it in just a turbo cooled you know environment that you somehow engineer and and get back every time. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> Doesn't get swiped by the competition staff. Like, whoa, this is a cool gadget. We didn't see that. No. Yeah, I don't know, um, but yeah, I thought it was a pretty good, pretty good example. I could see where it, you know where it fell as far as the style goes, and it's um, not a style that I like seek out all the time. But like, it's one that they added, you know, in 2015 to the guidelines, and it's kind of like, oh, this is, you know, there's a place for this beer, and it's a, you know, it's a refreshing beer, and it and it has, um, you know, has a lot going for it because you can you can drink a fair amount of it and not get you know wasted like when you're drinking triple IPAs all night. Um, right. It's pleasant. So, yeah. I, I, what, what inspired you to brew this style? I just want to say something. That 10-point that disparity you were describing, it's like, welcome to uh, what it's like to be a pro brewer, right? Like, <laughs> you know, it's just like, once you send that beer away, what's it going to taste like when it gets five miles from your brewery, 10 miles from your brewery, 100 miles from your brewery, you know, right. 2,000 yeah. miles from your brewery. You know, it's like uh, you just lose control. and that's, I know. can see why so many brewers just like having it served right there. And they're yeah. hesitant to do even, you know, cans, let alone, you know, bottling and sending it out in the world too much. Yeah, just cans that you sell at your at your brewery, you know. That's what a lot of the local ones just do anymore. Um, yeah. They have people that like oversee just take getting to the store, making sure they're fresh and removing old stuff. But yeah, back to the question: what did what did you what did inspire you to brew this one? Though, what, what's what's your you know your world of international amber lagers that makes you brew at least a couple of these already? I'm sure you guys have heard of Yingling. Um, yeah. yeah, but it's not available in the state of Maine, so uh, <laughs> it, I, I was trying to dial something in along those lines uh, mm-hmm. a bunch of the people in our homebrew club uh, kind of if, if we travel across state line that's one of the more requested uh, bigger um, bigger brewery beers that is asked to, to be brought back so wow um, that's crazy so you're trying to make it uh, so do you uh, how do you feel you, you, you did with it I definitely need some tweaks yeah. uh, to get there. But. Okay. What uh, what adjuncts do you use, and what percentage? Of, you yeah, know, let's go through the recipe real fast if you wouldn't mind. So it was nineteen uh, percent Munich ten, fifteen fifty six percent two row, two percent brown malt, five percent crystal eighty, nine percent carapils, and nine percent flaked corn hmm. what about hops i did it hops there was uh an ounce of cascade at 60 and a half ounce of magnum at 10 how, how did you develop it develop that recipe as you know did, are you trying to reverse engineer yingling or you know like you find it online did or you something find it online yeah, yeah. advice from people yeah yeah i uh, just kind of just kind of took a stab at it, I guess. Uh, the first yeah, okay. iteration I did, uh, I used Crystal 120, and it had too much of a <laughs> of that raisiny. Yeah. Um, yeah. Even um, did, did you say Crystal 80? There was some C80, but like five percent, right? Crystal 80, yeah, yeah, five yeah, percent. It sounds to me like you, you have a lot of specialty malts uh, in this beer, and typically. Commercial breweries don't use such high percentages. You know, it's usually yeah. a little more understated. You know, kind of like a less is more kind of thing. Like, um, you know, as breweries are trying to keep their specialty malts under 
under 10 or 15 percent total and kind of more relying on a base malt to, mm-hmm. to drive yeah, yeah. drive the flavor because you know beer good beer is all about you know one of the a huge component of really good beer is like just really really great base malt you know yeah for um, sure so that might be something you want to consider as you move forward is just slash that specialty malt in half you know and um the munich does really poke out too yeah. um you might you know try try some vienna or blend in some you know something lighter less or you know a light munich kind of but yeah it's um you want to get the color from somewhere to you know it's it's you know towards the dark end of the style but it's not out you know way down there but yeah you could definitely right. back away on yeah, some of that you stuff could, you could lose Several SRM and still be within range, so you know you don't have and, to worry um, too much about that. So the flake corn was the only adjunct, like nine percent. Is that right? It was. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah. I mean, you can consider doing a cereal mash and and just do it separately, like they do. It's you know, it's not, it's not fun stirring, boiling, yeah, uh, uh, making corn grits, <laughs> uh, but for a while uh, until they gelatinize. But uh, it. it Hey, that's the way it's done. They mix it in with your mash, and, and off you go. But uh, you know, uh, flake corn is a quick way to get there. You could, uh, yeah, put a little more flake maize in there the next time, and and um, like, what percentage do you think would be appropriate for this style, Brian? 15%? I think even fifteen or tw- yeah. even twenty could be fine. That would lighten up the body okay. a lot, uh, which would which would make make the, make the beer just like a little more like easy to drink. Because this beer style is all about being like super easy to to drink. The, <laughs> yeah, right. the idea is like it's the super easy to drink but flavorful light beer. You know? yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's good stuff. No, it's a tasty one though. Definitely keep working on that and have some fun with it. Any other specifics? Um, what what yeast did you use? This was actually uh, White Labs 940, their their Mexican lager yeast. Okay, yeah. Yeah, the yeast seems like it did fine for it. And what did you uh, ferment it, was, it at? Like, Say that again? What did you ferment at, like uh, 50s? Or? It was uh, 58. Yeah. That's maybe a little up there. You might You might try to drop that back a little bit. Okay. Just let it go a little longer and, yeah. Just a touch. But, I mean, you know, for... How hard it is to make a lager and, and and you know like this and not have too much in the way. It's it's doing pretty well, but yeah, it tastes like it might have seemed like it might have been a little high fermented, and that seems a little little warm. Hmm. Okay. Anything else, Vaughn? I think that's going to do it. Okay, cool. Well, hey man, uh, definitely brew it again and uh, let us know how it comes out. Huh? We'll do. Yeah. Cool. All right, man. Thanks a lot again. Appreciate it. Cheers. Thanks. Thanks, guys. All right, later. Cool. Yeah. I like it. That's good yeah, stuff. You know, you, you don't, this, I don't think back. we've had one of call back. ever had one of these, probably. <laughs> uh, I mean, I've had Yingling. Yeah, I mean, that we've had one on the show, it. but yeah. Yingling yeah. is such, so light, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and definitely has that corny kind of character. Yeah, for sure. And uh, which I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to replicate, like, a, you know, you make, make Yingling only better, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, uh, yeah, uh, Vaughn's was a little... For me, it's just a little sweeter than than usual, a little heavier our mouthfeel because of the special malts, but you guys already yeah. covered that. But for the most part, I thought the flavor was there because it does have that kind of like yeah. grainy, bready, corny kind of thing. Yeah. It's a good it, beer. It's a mistake that so many homebrewers start make when they start out, especially... Um Especially new homebrewers, they they get so excited about all the different malts that there are at the homebrew store. They Dude, just want to I use st- all of them. I still do that shit. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'll go so with my easy. recipe and I'll go, well, I I have this, but there's three other malts that do the same thing, so why don't no. I use them all? What? And no. I, have, I have to fight. I have that fight yeah. internally it every single time. It doesn't taste good. You know, no, it it's, it's kind of like, you know, everybody wants to make the same pale ale with different hops every time. Make the same pale ale with a different specialty malt every time and see mm-hmm. what happens there, too. Because, you know, that that's a lot of how breweries, commercial breweries, develop their signature flavor is, like, they they pick out a couple specialty malts that they they like and that they do well yeah. and stick with them, and it gives them a signature flavor. Like, there's so many specialty malts out there. You can get crystal malt from Patagonia. You can get mm-hmm. crystal malt from, you know... All kinds of different places in the world. They're all treated differently from all kinds of different uh, malting houses. And now with all the micro maltsters. Yeah. Oh, yeah, get. for sure. But you can't get too excited <laughs> and try to put it all on your beer because it just, uh, 
you don't get any definition and you don't actually get to taste the flavor of those malts that are present. So yeah, I saw a beer market about- the other day that it had it had Mecca Grade and it like it was yeah. like, you know a Mecca Grade specialty malt of some sort. That's in the it. new like, yeah. They marketed the it. I was like, that's so cool. I was like. Saw those people talking at, at uh, Homebrew Con last, last summer. That's cool. <laughs> Rain it in, y'all. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, before we take a break, I want to let you guys know that uh, if you have let your AHA membership uh, lapse, which you should never do, of course, um, but you can go to our website, click on the banner, and everybody that purchases a membership through the web banner click will receive a copy of Wild Brews and Farmhouse Ales, one or the other. Wild brews or farmhouse sales, I guess. Yeah, for sure. Um, And if you, you know, happen to be on the road or in a rush and you don't want to, you know, the free book or whatever, use the code BN2018. It's BN2018. And put that in code into the Join Now portal. Oh, no, and you get the free books. This, Even if you're not a lapsed AHA member, you can still uh, renew and get it too, right? I yes, That's I think so. so. I don't know. This copy is definitely just I mean, a, like do a it anyway. copy of an email. So I I don't know. I apologize for the terrible read, folks. But uh, anyway, go to BN two zero one eight. Enter that code in the Join Now portal, and you'll get your books if you don't want to wait for the web banner thing. Okay, mm-hmm. does that work? Okay, it's all right. Mm-hmm. All right, we're gonna take a okay. quick break, everybody. You're gonna hear a word from Sully. And then uh, when we come back, uh, when we come back, we're gonna uh, drink a say song, right? You play a song too. Do you want me to play a song? You got to pee? <laughs> no. Yeah. Okay, you just, uh, we were kind of jamming out on your your R and B groups there. I will play there. a friggin' My first of all, it's not R and B. Extremely empty, so I don't mind a song. You know. Um, yeah, the, the the more songs I play, the longer we have to be here, though, and okay. ever have to push everybody out already. But we'll see. All right. Maybe. I can we'll wait. see. I can All right. Dr. Homer, everyone, we'll be back right after this. Hello, fellow BNers. This is Sully from the 21st Amendment Brewery located in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park. Before Nico and I opened the 21A and before I was a professional brewer, I homebrewed on my small four-burner apartment stove in a back house in Santa Monica, California, making my extract brews before graduating to the daunting idea of all-grain brewing. Homebrew books and information was hard to come by back then. The Internet hadn't been invented yet, along with other things we take for granted today, like electricity and potable water. One thing I wish I had back then when I was learning was a radio show that could teach me the ins and outs of brewing and answer questions that I had about homebrewing, a resource for making great craft beer. The 21st Amendment Brewery is excited to be a proud sponsor of Dr. Homebrew, a great show that teaches you what you need to know about making incredible beer. Good stuff. Listen up. You might learn something. I certainly did. And thanks for your support. Tasty Crack Games. Back to the examination. All right. Thanks, everybody, for hanging out and for uh, putting up with that live read from Sully, which I personally enjoy, by the way. Sully's a good guy. Sully is a good guy. But you know what? He's, well, never mind. I'm not even going to say it because he probably didn't steal my game. It's fine. Uh, let's do one quick uh, live read here from White Labs. Pure liquid yeast means better beers. White Labs boasts the highest concentration of yeast in the industry thanks to their patented flex cell technology and pure pitch packaging. The yeast contained and delivered using these innovations are propagated in all grain wort, providing the perfect nutrients for growth and optimal performance. With White Labs' pure liquid yeast, your finished beers will meet the high quality flavor profiles that you intend to produce Discover the White Labs difference. Visit whitelabs.com today slash yeast bank, excuse me, uh, to find the perfect strain for your next beer. I don't know what's wrong with these live reads, but uh, maybe it's me. Maybe it's, I don't know. It's probably just me. It's you. Oh, no, this one didn't foam up. I can't, uh, I don't know. I got to read ahead, I guess, or something like that. Are you about to judge a different beer than the one we judge? (laughs) Let's get Bill on the phone here. And uh, we're feel sad for Bill because they have Saison Dupont on in the tap room right now. So oh, yeah. that's that's a tough one to be judged on. That is a tough one. Saison Dupont is the Saison. Uh, Bill, are you there? Yes, I am here. Um, can I conference with my wife real quick, please? Yeah, go ahead. Ah. Go ahead. I'll pot you right, down, me, and we'll be right give, back. You guys brew this together. Give me just a second. Cool. No worries. 
No worries at all. Yeah, Bill was emailing me earlier. He's like, look, dude, I'm going to have my wife on, but I'll conference her because it's going to sound a lot better than just us Bill being on speakerphone. So I actually really admire that, and I appreciate <laughs> That's that. That's cool. Because it is, it, yeah, speakerphone does not it's sound. Considering our sound. Yeah. Not sound as good as it uh, as you would think, you know, as, as one would think. But uh, Brian... See, Bill, are you there? Are you guys? Uh, are you guys yeah. on? Sarah, are you yeah. on there too? Yeah, we're here. No, oh, perfect. How are you guys doing tonight? Great. Yeah. Perfect. We're just sitting here drinking your beer. I mean, what? What? You know, what more? Do, what more can we ask? Love the uh, yeah. the kitty cat label. It's a kitty with a pooch. It's <laughs> quite a belly on. Well, that that, that was actually modeled off of our uh, cat that we had. Um, she. Unfortunately, passed away two years ago. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, she was actually that fat. <laughs> <laughs> Don't put tango. Uh, God, I love fat cats. They're the best. They're better than fat dogs. I tell you that. I don't know why. <laughs> they are. Yeah. Uh, so, Bill and Sarah, you guys are a homebrewing team, or do one of you brew yeah. and the other decided to join in this time? Oh no, we're a team. Nice. How long have you guys been brewing together? Uh. About four years, yeah, a little over four years. Okay. Yeah. All right. Is this your first Saison? No. Um, it's the only one that we've done, the only recipe we've done, but it's we've done it, what, about five times now? Five, six times. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. And so this is your, uh, this is the first with this recipe, though? Is that what you're saying? Um, no. No. No, no. Ah, okay. um, we, We've changed the yeast, but... Um, it's it's just the same recipe we've been using. I see. For. You're trying to dial in the recipe. So you're brewing the recipe. Yeah, okay, yeah. I see. I'm, I apologize about that. Um, and is that what we can help you with today? Just kind of figure out how to how to bring it into style? Or what are you guys looking for uh, as far as feedback from this? Well, just if there's anything we can do to make it better. Yeah. Okay. All right. Where I mean, do you guys... Actually, where do you guys think the it is? first time that we ever brewed this, we we got um, a gold medal at a local show with it. That, Damn! Um, so. Good job. Hey, how do you get better than that? I don't know. Yeah, well, I, I don't think the latest ones we've done have been as good as that first one, though. So. Okay. Well, let me ask you a question that I've never asked anybody before uh, in the history of of me asking questions. Um, wow. What do you think this beer is at now? Like, if you had to, if you had to give this beer a score, uh, so that way maybe we can get a baseline on what you, where you think it is, and, and maybe how how we can help elevate it a bit. It's a hard question. Myself, yeah. um, I don't know. I conservatively, I'd say thirty, maybe. Okay, Sarah, what about you? Oh, I'll go along with him. <laughs> you guys are a team. You've never judged before. Yeah. I, I have. Okay. So. Okay. All right. Well, that's good. That's good. Um, okay, Brian, why don't you go ahead and start us off here with uh, Bill and Sarah's right. saison? Yeah. Um, okay. Aroma wise, you know, it is nice and fruity. It does have uh, some some pleasant notes of apricot, uh, light melon, some faint orange in there, and um, you know, a moderately low spicy quality from the yeast. Um, Definitely getting some some alcohol in there. Um, the esters are you know pretty up there. Uh, the uh, yeah the the phenolics it's got a light pepper with a, a medium clove like note in it. Uh, you know you you'd kind of want more of the pepper than the than the clove in this style. It's it's almost um, green pepper like to me. And I'm getting a little bit of kind of a, an alcohol. Uh, you know the alcohol is not just smooth sweet alcohol. Uh, it's kind of a little hotter than that. It's a little, a little bit solventy. Um, I'm not getting any diacetyl or, or acetaldehyde in here, um, so you know it's not like a heavily flawed beer or anything like that. It's just kind of driving some aromas that are that are a little okay. That's a little sharp and that's a little a little off style, but not um, you know awful to any to any stretch of the imagination. Um, so the first one we had, uh, the first one poured, uh, you know, it's a nice deep gold color, uh, but we got some chunks of some brownish matter floating in the glass. Um, it is fairly clear. Uh, the second sample we just poured doesn't have any chunks in it, so I don't know. It just might might have been something that settled to the bottom of that one. At least some, maybe I poured mine first. Did you, you get some, Nicole? Oh, Nicole's got a, a chunk. Bit. There was one. There was a glass that we poured that we noticed there was some nucleation. I was like, oh, let's skip that one and pour another one. And I noticed that there's this like. 
kind of I don't know. It's like what would how that's maybe like a centimeter by half a centimeter. Kind you know, of it, looks, it looks like from here um, a lemon seed. I don't know why. Oh, it's about yeah. the size of a lemon seed. Yeah, not the thickness seed. though. It's flat. Yeah, it looks kind of like hmm. a egg with a brown yolk. It, the, I, I think there might have been something in the bottle. Um, tasting the two side by side, it didn't have a enormous effect on the flavor, but it did mm-hmm. have an effect on the flavor. Like tasting this bottle that that poured clear with no floaties, I think I might have scored it a few a few points higher. But my overall notes are about yeah. the same. Okay. And I'm not seeing any big sediment on the bottom of this one. Do you, do you have the, Can you grab the other bottle there, JP? Lynn? Just yes. want to see if there's any weird sediment that formed on the bottom of that. The, no. the bottoms look pretty clear, yeah, so it's it looks weird. Pretty clear. The the, the chunks are just kind of strewn throughout, I guess. <laughs> anyway, reusing bottles is a tricky game, you know. Or yeah. even even new bottles, sometimes you just don't know what's in there. You got a bit of funk in there. Yeah. Oh, that felt good, JP. Boy, yeah. JP just um, bashed the shit out of his knee. <laughs> <laughs> kind of glorious to watch. So in the flavor, uh, <laughs> oh yeah, I think uh, yeah, it was. The beer, again, was fairly clear, had some fine whitish bubbles, uh, mm-hmm. but fairly, it, it didn't have the best head retention. It kind of just fell flat right away. So with the chunks and that, I just kind of gave it a, a one out of three for appearance, which, you know, it should have a you know nice fluffy head, that long-lasting head, and just, um, you know, the, the color is pretty good, the clarity is pretty good, but we can improve the, the other things. Um, flavor-wise, it's... Kind of spice and alcohol up front. Um, the malt softness that you would want is kind of obscured by by a somewhat biting alcohol along with those, um, you know, the spiciness. And it's like a clove and black pepper at the forefront of the phenolic flavors. It's definitely balanced to those yeast characters rather than either the malt or hops. Um, uh, and, you know, it's got a lot of substantial alcohol, too, which, you know, is fine in there. Smooth alcohol in a Saison, no problem. But um, it seems a little big. Uh, finish is nice and dry. That's that's good. The bitterness is medium high. I'm not getting any uh, any big off flavors other than just the, you know, the kind of solventy thing. Um, in the mouthfeel, I'm finding it's medium bodied, kind of bigger, uh, warming. It's a bit hot. Um and you know it's not not uh, not any not very creamy smooth. Uh, it has a little low astringency to it. Just a little bit of a biting quality from the spice, probably combined with that alcohol. And it's, and it's definitely got some nice, you know, some warming. It, the warming goes all the way down the throat, and you feel that as it as it goes on, it just keeps going down. <laughs> so um, yeah, medium low carbonation. You could probably pump that up a bit. Uh, you know, it seems like a decent. Recipe is just a, a lot of uh, the driving is being done by the phenolics and the uh, you know wherever the fermentation went with this. The alcohol is just a little too biting and sharp. Um, mm. I'll just take care to to avoid sediment in the bottles. Uh, it's not going to impress the judge, but I didn't knock it down ten points for that or anything like that. But <laughs> I, I gave it a, a twenty five. But we were talking about. Upping the score by twenty points because the label's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> so then it's a forty five. Twenty points because there's a cat on the label. Yeah, cat on the label. Um, so yeah, no, I liked it, and it's um, you know it's not it, you can drink it. It's 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 there's it's, it's just very little, pleasant beer. Yeah, absolutely. It's poking out in a lot of different ways that bring it off off balance for the style. Mm-hmm. So definitely, mm-hmm. this bottle is is a little bit more just like generally enjoyable than I think, the last yeah, one. Yeah, this one too. I Even agree. though the flavor profiles didn't they, they weren't augmented that much. Um, I I had. A lot of similar uh, notes to to Brian, so I'll just kind of go over uh, a little more quickly. But yeah. for the aroma, it's like pear, uh, allspice, and then kind of an underripe peach, uh, where like the kind of greening aromas. I did get a very very faint level of acetaldehyde, which I wonder. Like I often detect acetaldehyde, and then Brian detects solvent. So um, <laughs> this happened the last time we did a show together. So I wonder if that might be a, a thing. Um, the next thing I got was like a odd like aroma that just reminded me of like suntan lotion. And I'm trying to un- unravel that like what is the flavor that I'm getting that's making me think of that? And I think there might be like a kind of like a coconut oil which could be kind of like a goaty kind of note. So um that was kind of an interesting flavor, definitely something that's derived from some kind of fat or fatty acid. Um uh, that was kind of an interesting note in the, in the beer that stood out. Mm-hmm. Um, from there, the the 
phenols just came up really intense. It went up from the allspice. It just like came up um, to being like um, really strong white pepper and leaning a little bit towards plastic. And once I got it in my mouth, it was almost almost faintly smoky like in the on the phenol the phenols are really really aggressive and a little bit um going into territory that aren't the super desirable phenols that you want to be driving this saison um the color was really beautiful i love when saison has that orangey golden color um the first bottle we poured was um not quite brilliant but the second bottle is actually brilliantly clear um which is really lovely to look at um that first one we we noticed like you know a little bit of floaties not a lot but just a couple um there's a visible carbonation to it um and that First bottle too. We didn't mention the first bottle climbed a little bit when we opened. Yeah, it. Did, it did, did, creep. did you mention that? Yeah, and when it, yeah, as I was opening it, I was like, oh, it didn't pop up there. Yeah, the second mm. one didn't. So um, there's some subtle differences there. I think, I think probably if you left these bottles for another month, they, they'd have a huge difference. But uh, <laughs> maybe they were bottled fairly recently, and so they only have a small difference. Um, the uh, medium body for me. Um, well, then again. Even in the second one, there's the the body is a little bit more uh, medium, medium light. Uh, for me, saison should be pretty light. Uh, it should be like light bodied, and you're filling in the gaps with carbonation. You know, hmm. um, there's a little bit of sweetness uh, to it, which you know saison should be nearly completely fermented out, just no sugar left. Um, and, and Very dry. Yeah, it's, okay. a, it's a possibility that maybe there's. Slightly excessive uh, uh, specialty malt that's kind of driving up that sense of body. Um, in which case, I would either add an adjunct if you want to keep that color, you know, add add more adjunct, or um, uh, just just remove it. Just you know, uh, let it let it be a little bit simpler uh, to get that body lighter and get less less sweetness in the finish or less of an impression of sweetness. Um, the esters, I didn't talk about esters at all in the flavor or aroma because they're, except for that one mention of pear uh, and the underripe peach, which tied a little bit to the slight acetaldehyde. Um, but uh, in the flavor, you don't really get a whole lot um, of, of ester character, except in the very finish, you get kind of an apple-y, uh, apple-y tone, which, it, you hmm. know, most days on should have just a little more uh, ester, um, although I do like a phenol-driven Saison. Um, uh, my my overall impression was just that it was a good saison with just a slightly over di- over dominating phenol character that didn't really play well with the other flavors. Um, oh, I, I skipped over something I mentioned in flavor, which is that the the bitterness was a little dominant. Also, had kind of a harsh quality. I love saisons that are appropriately bitter. Don't get me wrong. Like yeah. most American breweries make saisons, and most American home brewers make saisons like way under bitter. They're like, oh, it's this. Yeah. Like, it should be fruity light and fruity. Beer. Yeah, right, no, right, like, right. No, saison yeah, is a it's... bitter beer style. You yeah. know, it's supposed to have that like refreshing bitterness, uh, kind of like tonic water. Or something, yep. you know. Yeah, um, absolutely. And, uh, uh, the level of bitterness for me on this beer is great. There is a little bit of a harsh quality to the bitterness that makes it kind of stand out a little awkwardly. Um, but this, you know, this mm. kind of a nitpicking thing. You know, this is this is a good beer. That's what we're here for. Yeah. You pick those nits, yeah. man. Yeah. It is good. And I agree. The second <laughs> bottle is is better. Probably you know, instead of the twenty five, a little more towards. Uh, 27, 28, yeah. 30, yeah. And, you know, it just, uh, like Nicole was saying, even new bottles can have stuff in them. Um, I've you know working at a homebrew shop for 10 years. Like, stuff falls in bottles all the time. So definitely uh, make sure you clean them PB out. Dub. But, yeah. I mean, it could also Boil be just em. something that got through the bottling wand <laughs> yeah. or whatever. Into the th- I mean, just, you know, stuff like that happens. But, the um, fermenter kind of stuff. That thing that finally mm-hmm. dislodged, even though you yep. cleaned everything thoroughly, but it's still God, just it's happened to, to me so on. many times, dude. Uh, Jesus. Because, yeah. you know, it's not like for how big that one floaty is that's in there. Like the beer should be like completely contaminated. Like that's a lot of that. Mm. That would reflect a lot of microbial load, uh-huh. but it's it's not horribly contaminated. So it, yeah. it kind of makes me wonder. It was like a sanitized piece of gunk. Yeah, it could be. The surface is clean and whatever. <laughs> yeah. uh, what, what did you give Jim. the beer? Uh, did you already say? Nicole? I gave it a twenty-seven. Okay. Yeah. All right. 
Um, all right, Bill and Sarah, what do you uh, what do you think? Who who do you want to uh, yell at first? <laughs> okay. Question. Well, I can't yell at anybody if there's a floaty in it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know that you guys are homebrewers. You know that happens all the time. It's not a that's not yeah, a super big deal. We were, we were kind of in a well, I was in a rush. Um, Filling the bottles. The truth emerges. We we use a um, counter pressure pressure filter yoder. So okay, um, it's possible something got in the bottle. I I I dunked them in sanitizer before I filled them. So okay, yeah. So it probably just it probably dislodged from uh, you know where the fitting meets the hose or something like you know internal. Who who knows? Could be something inside the counter counter pressure filler too. Could be a little piece of a rubber bong. Who knows? I don't Inside know. there, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but did you guys have any questions for Nicole and Brian uh, as far as their feedback or anything maybe they didn't cover that you, or do you want, want them to? Tell us about things that went well or didn't go well with your batch. You know, how did fermentation go from your perspective? Um, well, this one actually fermented out a lot more than usual i thought mm. um it started at a 1050a and ended at a 1002 mm. so but wow. the temperature got up high yeah that yeah well we, we we usually ferment them high mm-hmm. so um which, it, it was probably in the low 80s it depends which saison you strain was this uh it's the bell say Dance Star or Bell Star? Bell Saison? Yeah. Hmm. I'm not familiar, I'm not familiar with, with that, that one either. Yeah. Uh, dry yeast, right? Dance Star is dry yeast? Yeah, it's a dry yeast. Okay. <laughs> How do you prep your dry yeast? Do you do a yeast starter? Because, I mean, I can no, on mine a no, lot. No, no, we, 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 uh, we hydrate. We yeah. hydrate. Yeah, we, we, we've heard that you should never do a starter with um, a dry yeast. It's always just re- rehydrated. Um, oh. Never. I mean, you know, you you can. It's not gonna. It's not gonna hurt to to do that. It's only. It's always gonna help. I think to do a starter with anything, right? You'd want to hydrate it and then put it in the starter. I'm sure. Yeah. But yeah. 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 You, know, you, you don't, don't want to hydrate it in the presence of a bunch of sugar. That right. would really be stressful. Yeah. The yeast would be like, yeah. I just woke up. Uh, I can't handle this. What do you want me to yeah, do? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shutting down. Yeah, totally. yeah absolutely. Um, shock it. Do you guys have the recipe so, handy? If you wouldn't mind sharing that. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Bill. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Go, go, go ahead. Um, recipe. Uh, it's fifty six fifty six percent Pilsner. Jeez, I can't even talk. Um, <laughs> it's late there. I know. It's, it's kind of late here. Yeah, it's after midnight. So. Oh, geez. Um, oh wow. We're gonna let uh, it all 30, hang out. Thirty four percent Brianna. Um, Eight point five percent excuse me, torrified wheat, and 1.5% caramel Munich 60L. Mm-hmm. Okay, and what about your hopping rates? And, uh, and uh, I'll let Sarah read that. Okay. <laughs> okay. You're warmed up, though. <laughs> yeah. They're uh, a team. 60 minutes, we put in a half ounce of East Kent Golding. A full ounce. Oh, yeah, it's full ounce. We're using two different... Leftovers. Okay. At 10 minutes, we had um, 0.25 ounces of saws, 0.25 ounces of St. Celia. At 2 minutes, we put in um, 0.75 ounces of saws and 0.75 ounces of St. Celia. I've never heard of that. I don't know that, that hop yeah. before. Yeah, I'm not very familiar with it. I've heard of it, but I'm not very familiar. Mm-hmm. I didn't. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, I think it's the Golding is in parentheses, so ah. it's a combo. Okay. Okay. All right. It's like a, maybe it's like it's a something the Holmberg shot. Golding. So. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Kind of earthy, but I mean, it, it, maybe that's that kind of like stone fruity. Almost green apricot kind of that thing. Could be, that could be adding to that, you know, that, yeah. like, that kind of peachy, yeah. And to the general spiciness, the, yeah. Well, should we drop the amount of hops we're putting in then? No, 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 no. I don't think um, so. I think... Um, you can bump them, So you right? said you've been playing around with different yeast every time you make this. Is that right? Um, we've tried two different types of yeast. Um, both of them were dry. One of them was uh, Safale 134. Yeah, the new that, one. Yeah, that we got from the Homebrew Con in, in uh, Minnesota. 
Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I wish I knew more. I think we prefer trees. the. Uh, yeah, we prefer the bells. Anyway, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think I, the I, biggest I, thing would be cutting back on the alcohol. Yeah, this one, this one got up there. What's the so. ABV? Seven point four. <laughs> for me, that's right in there for saison. I mean, it's on the upper end, but I mean, Dupont is what six it's, four. It's, no, it's I think it's right around well six five. Yeah, I guess six-ish. it is around six and a half. And but four yeah. uh, a, which I slightly prefer, is is above seven. Yeah. Um. But uh, you know, seven above seven's okay. It's um, on the borderline between a table and a and a super or you know kind of a standard. Yeah, it's, and a it's, yeah. It's BJCP. Said this was a super. So. Yeah. Um, I think the thing that's the most challenging about brewing saison is mastering the yeast. So yeah. I mean, you're right to experiment a little bit, but that's I think your challenge for per- perfecting this is continuing to work with the yeast, trying to do, um, trying to repitch. Um, I don't know a lot about dry yeast, to be honest. I don't have any experience working with it myself. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, with a lot of yeast, uh, a lot of Saison yeast strains, a lot of brewers talk about that Saison pitch really just not, not being shit until like <laughs> that, you yeah. know, that third that third batch or so you know okay yeah, um, interesting and then you know others saying like the second one or the first one you know but yeah. it's it's saison yeasts are very finicky and mm-hmm. tough to work with and they like things just so and it it it's a relationship that you have to form, you know. <laughs> you have to figure out like what it likes and when it wants it, and what temperature it's going to be at. And uh, it just it just takes time to really uh, uh, really get it uh, and to really master it so that you can replicate that same beer again. You know, it's, right? Um, yeah. It's yeah what what temperature your your strain likes, and yeah, move from there. But yeah, yeah. and also maybe with the dry yeast too. Uh, you know, once you hydrate it, you can. Uh, and it's ready to go. Instead of just dumping it right in, you can acclimate it to the work you're going to give it, um, and add a little bit at a time to the, you know, if it's a starter, you know, or a, or just something that you just hydrated, um, get it ready to go by just kind of slowly adding some of the the wort at a time until it gets up a little more sugar, a little more sugar, and then oh, okay, here you go, you know. But yeah, it's a, it's a little trick, but it's it's not not, I mean that might not be the big difference in the world, but it's a little something you can try. But I think that they'll they'll know. I mean, it's the same recipe that that they've done a few times now. I think five. So I I think that yeah, yeah. maybe they would know. It would be a noticeable difference when when you have that kind of backlog to go huh. on. Um, should we talk recipe real fast? How was the how was the recipe? Can they can they kind of tweak it out a little bit there or? Um, it was yeah. It went by kind of quick there. <laughs> Pills, Vienna, and uh, yeah, the, the 1.5% Cara Munich for some color there. I guess that's okay, yeah. A little, yeah. good amount of wheat. You could probably... I like the Torrified wheat yeah. as an adjunct. You might bump up the body. wheat a little more. Yeah, you could totally bump that up. Maybe um, maybe add, add a little more of that and take away a little bit of the pulling Vienna. the Vienna back might give the the, the sweetness uh, you know get it out of the way a little more and yeah, let that dryness kind of shine for through. a ten o two finisher it does kind of have some the impression of sweetness yeah, yeah. It, it has and it has like a bigger body than you expect for something that that finished so dry on paper there's definitely some textures or something going on in here that yeah. And whatever, yeah. maybe whatever the yeast was you used on the award-winning one, you know, go back to that and give try that. If it was, this, maybe it was well, the same. That one. was actually the same. The dry one. that was okay. the star saison. Yeah, so, mm-hmm. uh, try it. Yeah, but, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Oh, I think uh, I'd like to try uh, uh, White Labs yeast next on it, though the you know the liquid yeast. So. Just just be warned, just to, you know, just to try it. Yeah. Use it and try try and harvest and repitch it because uh, a lot of those yeasts just do better on that second you know or third generation. Yeah, or m- maybe make just a one gallon um, work. Yeah, and you know, like a basically like a big starter, yeah, like bump, a one gallon starter. Dump that vial in or that the pack now, and then let mm-hmm. that ferment. Yeah. Decant, and then that's your starter. Or make a table beer. And you have two. Yeah, beers. make a table beer. Yeah. Table beers are great, by the way. <laughs> They're underrated. Um, and then you were also saying, uh, Nicole, just a little bit, maybe a little more bitterness, just yeah. a little bit more. No, or no, no? The, the bitterness is good. Oh, okay, um, all right. There was yeah. a there's a character to the bitterness that's a little bit harsh. So 
you know, maybe that's coming from from using something like e- EKG for bittering. Maybe you want to use something that's just a little higher alpha and super clean, low like magnum or something, or maybe yeah, yeah just. You know, yeah, um, it doesn't seem like a water thing to me. It seems like the water's pretty good. I don't think that you know. Sometimes the water will play off the bitterness in a weird way and give you some harshness, but you could uh, probably yeah. save some money using a higher alpha cleaner bittering yeah. hop too. <laughs> so, yeah, you know why not? Uh, Bill, Sarah, are you guys uh, good with that? Do you have anything else? Any lingering questions? No, sounds good. Okay. Good job, guys. Awesome. Thank well, you for hey, staying I, up late for us, you guys. Yeah, I appreciate that. I appreciate <laughs> the beers and. Um, uh, if you rebrew it, let us know how it goes. Well, thanks. Cool. All right, guys. Thanks. Cheers. Bye. Bye. All right. All right. They're take a, a brewing team, man. <clears throat> Absolutely. We're going to take a quick break here, uh, folks, and then uh, we're going to uh, give some stuff out, and then we're going to leave. That's wow. kind of how it works okay. here on Dr. Homebrew. Uh, but before we do that, Brian was talking about water, and uh, that, of course, means you have to go to smartbrewkit.com and enter code TBN10 and save 10 bucks on either the standard or advanced thing. Well, what is the thing? It's the iDip Smart Brew Testing Kit. It's for home or commercial use. You can email the results of your water test to the rest of your brew team, or if you're a home brewer in a club or whatever, post your Facebook page, let your homebrew club know what's going on with your water. You can test for over 40 different tests. Four come preloaded, and more are available, and you can test for stuff like total alkalinity, chloride, calcium hardness, pH, sulfate, all that kind of stuff, with only four mils of water needed for each test. And the best part is no math on your part. The thing does, the, it's a computer math that does the stuff. Hard. <laughs> math is Barbie. Math is super hard. I hate math. I, I, I have to use my phone to do addition. I'm just stupid. So if you're dumb like me, or if you're smart and you don't want to use your brain because uh, you want to give it a rest, it's the idea. You Check don't it trust out. your water board. <laughs> what are they putting in there this month? Smartbrewkit.com. All right, everybody. We're going to be uh, right back after this. Do you know the three most important rules in brewing? Sanitation, sanitation, and sanitation. And no one does it better than Five Star Chemicals. Five Star knows sanitation. You can only sanitize clean equipment. And Five Star knows how to clean, too. For craft brewers and home brewers, Five Star has what you need to keep your fermenters, serving tanks, kegs and draft lines sparkling and free of any beer-spoiling bacteria. PBW, caustic, acid cleaners, star sand. Santa Clean, lubricants and defoamers, pH stabilizers, and more. Five Star Chemicals has cleaning supplies, safety supplies, heat exchangers, pumps, hoses, and valves. And Five Star is proud to offer eco-friendly products that exceed customer expectations. If you have a cleaning problem, you need the Five Star solution. Visit FiveStarChemicals.com or call 800-782-7019. 800-782-7019. And get the Five star treatment today are you a member of the white labs customer club if not you should be it's the easiest way to earn free stuff for turning in your old homebrew labels from either vials or pure pitch all you have to do is save your labels and redeem them for things like free yeast an exclusive white labs t-shirt or sweatshirt and even the opportunity to brew with the yeast man himself chris white Signing up is easy. Just go to whitelabs.com slash customer club, fill out the registration form, and then mail in your labels. They will return the favor by sending you awesome White Labs swag. Go sign up today at whitelabs.com slash customer club. White Labs, pure yeast and fermentation since 1995. I'm sorry to tell you this, but we're going to have to pour you out. Back to Dr. Homebrew. All right. Thanks for sticking with us, everybody. Excuse me. The smoke is choking me. There's a lot of people out drinking here tonight, too, at the, the Hop Grenade. It- yeah, I don't know why. I would be home. If I wasn't. If I didn't have to be here, I would be home right now. Maybe their home's too smoky, like they live outdoors. Yeah, maybe. Or like they're in... Uh, Nicole is out like in more of the East Bay, like yeah, uh, there's San Leandro area. And right. she's like, it's terrible out there. So, so it's better here. So maybe that's tourism based on your... Yeah. God, oh man. Um, anyway, okay, uh, Brian, we're going to give away the $40 grog tag. At least your beer will look good gift certificate. Yeah. Good for grogtag.com. And actually, if you want to save 25%, let me just say this right now. Uh, grog tag has been working on a new website. 
and uh, they previewed it a little bit at HomebrewCon here uh, this this past year. Um, but it's a lot of cool stuff that people have been asking for, like a photo library, an account system, even the ability to add text boxes and move them around, uh, all sorts of stuff. So their beta site is now live. If you go to grogtag.com right now, you'll get a pop-up window. It'll say, hey, if you want to save 25% on your order, try our new site. So uh, there you go. That's cool. a little grog tag plug there for you. Okay, who won the forty dollars gift certificate? Uh, it was close, but it's yeah, it's going to Bill and Sarah this time. Bill and, and Sarah, all right. Yeah, their label already did look good, but yeah, that's true. Um, good job, good Thank job, good job, good job. They'll make it look even better, or make a metal sign for the garage, the garage or something. Yeah. Hell yeah. Um, all right, everybody, we're going to get out of here and uh, take a break and get more beer into us. Speaking of more beer, uh, more beer wants to change your malt game with Viking Malt. Hailing from Northern Europe, Viking Malt is a family-owned malt house since 1883 and is the largest specialty malt producer in the world. Their base malts are malted from null lox varietals that do not contain the enzyme lipo lipooxygenase. God damn, I can't figure that one out. I wrote it, and I, I, I just tripped trip me up, uh, which leads to Trans 2 Nominal in Beer, which is responsible for the stale cardboard flavors. So head over to morebeer.com and brew with ingredients from the future. 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 All right, everyone. Hang on. Um, If you're listening alive, we'll be right back here in about five minutes. If not, I don't know. Skip next. I don't know know what to tell you. But uh, we'll see you later. Cheers. Cheers. 